Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chrissy Neiser, M.MBA Administrator. And thanks for joining us with Conversations with Chrissy. I'm really excited to have as our guest today, Dana Burrell um, from the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs. Dana, thanks for being with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at the department and how long you've been there? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have served as the Communications Outreach and Advocacy Program Director since October of 2013 for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs. I pretty much manage all facets of communications for the department, ensure that our almost 400,000 veterans, mm -hmm. family members, active duty service members are aware of any variety of mil military or veteran related benefits to which they're entitled for their service. So I'm excited to be here. I love I love what I do. So That's great. It's got to be very fulfilling and I know you've always been a wonderful resource for us as we try to make that connection with veterans as well. So thank you for your partnership over the years. I really appreciate it. Um, one of the things I'm excited to talk about today is Operation Greenlight. I know that's something that M.MBA is really excited to participate in, but I know there's a, a history of how that got started with other agencies participating as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. So Operation Greenlight is a National Association of Counties initiative. So I can't stake claim to it entirely. But I'm so excited to be partnering with them. I learned about the initiative in August of this year at the Maryland Association of Counties Summer Conference and immediately wanted to learn more. And I wanted to find out what counties were doing as it related to their participation. And if they didn't know about it, I wanted to make sure that they did. So Operation Greenlight runs starting today through November 13th. And it encourages counties, businesses, residents to illuminate a green light for the entire week to essentially show our veterans that they are seen, that they are heard, and that they are supported. In addition to that symbolic gesture of thanks, it is also an opportunity for us to elevate awareness mm -hmm. of issues that veterans may experience or challenges they may have to overcome as they're transitioning to civilian life, and then to make sure that we are also aware, elevating awareness of the myriad of programs and resources that are available to them. So we have 11 counties that we are aware of who are participating. The Governor's Mansion will be lit Wednesday night, M&T Bank Stadium, the World Trade Center in Baltimore, Johns Hopkins, Washington College. I could go on and on. There's a whole host of organizations and landmarks that are going to be illuminated. So it's just, it's really exciting. Uh, I reached out to motor vehicles and learned that there was immediate buy-in to be a part of this. Uh, in Glen Burnie, the headquarters is going to be illuminated. I've That's heard right. that just today, a number of toll booths are going to be illuminated. Excellent. So it's just, it's really exciting to be a part of this and to be partnering not just with MVA but other state agencies as well as counties. No, we're proud to be a part of it. And as you said, MBA headquarters in Glen Burnie will be lit up green. So when our veterans drive by, hopefully they recognize that we're here to support them. And you know, so many services that we get the pleasure of offering to our veterans. And hopefully that, that green light is a symbol of that as well as the other landmarks. I think it just goes to show what respect people have for the veterans and how they wanna demonstrate that in a very visible way. So thank you for uh, promoting the idea with the counties and the other state agencies. We wouldn't have known about it without you. So we really appreciate that. Absolutely. 
probably another good opportunity to talk about education and making sure um, resources and information is out there. Um, the Landing Zone, Maryland, do you want to talk a little bit about that and what the goal of that is? Sure. So earlier this year when we developed our communications plan for the year, I took some time to look at the way we welcome home veterans veterans who might be retiring from other military installations and moving to Maryland, or veterans who are retiring or transitioning here in the state and have made the decision to stay here. Mm -hmm. uh, historically, we have sent out welcome home packets to veterans, mm -hmm. um, but I felt as though it was a little dated. The, we were stuffing envelopes, they were nine by 11 manila, it looked very formal and mm -hmm. official. So I held a focus group earlier this year with a number of individuals who served in the military, some providers who serve them, to talk about how we could modernize the way that we say welcome home. So we've done away with the nine by 11 manila envelope and we're sending out a postcard now to Great. veterans. Uh, it's very uh, Maryland centric. It has the state house on there. It has the beautiful skyline of the inner harbor. Um, and in addition to kind of changing the way that we're sending out information, we launched today Landing Zone Maryland's. And what that page is, it's a compiled, not just list, but an organized list of resources for veterans and families who are retiring or moving to Maryland. And it's separated out into different subject matters. Mm -hmm. There's basic support, housing, healthcare, behavioral health, there's operational support that speaks to employment, education, starting a business. Mm -hmm. There is uh, getting outdoors, um, ground support, information on the state parks, natural resources, fishing, hunting. There's links in there about Maryland history that's just speaking to children. Mm -hmm. So really try to be very creative and very mindful of what we learned from our focus groups, mm -hmm. as well as some recent reports that have come out about the needs of transitioning service members and pulling together resources um, in a way that wasn't too heavy too overbearing, mm -hmm. too overwhelming, but also was comprehensive enough to help veterans and their families settle into our great state of Maryland. That's great, and I think it's really important to think about not only the veteran, but also the whole family unit, right? Because being deployed or moving to another state, I mean, that impacts everybody, Absolutely. children and spouses, certainly. So I think it's great that you guys put some thought into that mm -hmm. and what would be meaningful for the whole family. Yeah, and I just recently was on a call with our libraries and the Severn and Odenton libraries in Anne Arundel County recently held some focus groups. And they learned from families of children what their needs are mm. as far as homeschooling mm -hmm. or needs for uh, or resources for uh, special education. Mm -hmm. So right in that LZ basic support, mm -hmm. I have a section in there that speaks specifically to children and youth and how to get in contact with your local public school system, but also mm -hmm. homeschooling resources and behavioral health resources for children and youth as well. 
Yeah, it's been a few tough years for our young children. So the more resources we can provide and make sure that they're getting what they need from an educational standpoint, that's great. That's wonderful that you guys are doing that. And, you know, we're excited that starting November 7th, we've got our own little card that we'll be handing out about Landing Zone Maryland. It's got its QR code and contact information. And, you know, we know that often MBA is one of those first services that people are you know, needing to change that uh, license or vehicle registration over to. And so um, we want to make sure they're welcome to Maryland through the MBA, that that's a good experience, that they know that um, we appreciate their service and, you know, we're thankful for what they've done. There also are, you know, many benefits that we provide to veterans. So just making sure that folks are aware of that from the very beginning. Right. And I could not thank you enough for um, being a part of this and for partnering with us um, in the distribution of those cards. Um, right in our LZ basic support is a whole section on motor vehicles and registering your car and getting your veteran designation on your driver's license. So it's motor vehicles, your team and the libraries. It's just, it's been an incredible partnership and there's really, I never really get a no from <laughs> anything I ask for. So we, thank you. We try to say, how can we help, right? right? That's what it's all about. And, you know, I think that's a great segue. Um, I'm not sure if everybody knows that we do have Veterans Affairs offices right in many of our MBA branches. And, you know, that was that one of those great partnerships where I think I received a call from the secretary just saying we need some help. You know, I, I believe at the time, and I don't know if it's still true, but the Anne Arundel County had the most number of veterans. And so, you know, the idea was, can we locate a um, office right here within our Glen Burnie headquarters building to provide those needed services to our veterans? And we were happy to accommodate and uh, in 2019 open that first office that's been followed by many. But um, it's really exciting because they become a part of the MBA team and, you know, working together. And I know oftentimes there's, you know, somebody maybe getting veteran services and then they come over and um, the staff person kind of guides them into the resources they need from MBA as well. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the, the impact they've made in our veterans' lives. Right, so I think it was back in 2018, we were talking internally as a team about where we could place our veterans benefit specialists in a way that it improved customer service. Mm -hmm. You know, where are our veterans already in the community as yeah. opposed to suggesting to the community to come to us, we wanted to begin embedding offices where they are. So our first office, of course, was in Glen Burnie, and we are now six offices strong. Uh, just as recently as today, our service program director, Phil Munley, informed me that since the first office opened in Glen Burnie, we have had a total of 80,000 contacts. Wow, it's incredible. With, between face-to-face, -face, email, and phone with veterans and family members mm -hmm. just within these six offices. So it, it really has been an incredible opportunity um, and, a, and a wonderful partnership. That's, that's great to hear about, um, you know, the number of people that have been served. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the types of resources they might be coming to a Veterans Affairs that way. Veterans who are out there, maybe they're not sure what they might need and, and what those offices could provide them. Sure. So our service offices have within them accredited veterans benefit specialists. So they've all gone through specialized training with the federal VA to be able to assist veterans, dependents, survivors, 
active duty service members with filing claims to the federal VA for benefits. Mm -hmm. um, the two most popular benefits are compensation for disability, mm -hmm. so compensation for uh, an injury or a condition that was either incurred or aggravated as a result of military service, or pension, mm -hmm. um, which is a, an income-based benefit that some veterans who served during a wartime period might be eligible to receive, as well as survivors. Mm -hmm. Um, so our service officers sit down with veterans and dependents and go through their discharge paperwork with them, their medical paperwork with them, and help them make an informed decision when they're trying to determine if they are eligible. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll sit down, help them complete the application. Once the application has been submitted to the VA, then they're able to help that veteran or dependent with tracking it. Because it can take a while okay. um, from the time that the application is submitted to the time that it's adjudicated. So our service officers are available to answer questions about the status of it. And then once the VA comes back with a decision, our service officers are here to help explain what that decision means. Mm -hmm. Because when you get the packet in the mail, mail and it mm -hmm. says you're 70% service connected, you know, what does sure. that mean? in terms of not just the added income benefit, but also healthcare too. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. And obviously these processes are somewhat complex, right? And um, for good reason, wanna make sure benefits are given to the appropriate folks, but having somebody there to walk you through the process, I, I know that's really helpful and provides you know, a level of comfort to somebody that's going through what could be a trying process, especially if they have a medical issue that's directly impacting them. Right, right, absolutely. So it's a great service and um, for those listening, I just wanna say that this is really part of the one-stop shop approach that we've really embraced at MDOT MVA and veterans are, are one way we're so proud to, to share office space and um, hopefully assist in getting veterans the services they need. But there's several others that we'll talk about in uh, future podcasts and, and look forward to continuing those relationships and, and helping even more people going forward. Sure. I know you've talked about some of the ways that we um, assist veterans in terms of some of the services we provide. You mentioned the veterans indicator on the license. I know that was a really big one. Um, started off on the back of the license. Right. That was all we could do at the time under our old license style. Um, and I know veterans felt like, you know, they're so proud of their service. They really wanted it on the front of the license. And so we were excited when we launched our new Maryland Secure ID that we were able to put it proudly on the front. You have that veteran right there that um, can enable them access to whether it's services or benefits that they might be able to receive. So you heard from veterans about appreciation for that. Ability. Oh, absolutely. And I. You know, we did, I think, a, a good job of explaining the why behind, you know, initially why the designation was on the back, but it is nice to appreciate our veterans in an individualized manner in a way that they can display their, their driver's license or their state ID when they are out in the community mm -hmm. um, to show that they are appreciated and then also to enable them to take advantage of certain benefits and rewards that businesses offer. Mm -hmm. Um, to veterans, and I think it's that that individualized approach um, that our veterans truly appreciated. And one of the things that I had wanted to mention, as it relates to our service offices, is it's it's easy to say, you know, we have served eighty thousand. It's it's mm -hmm. easy to to show our successes um, in a manner that that quantifies our success, but there's a lot of qualitative. 
um, information that we receive also that shows how on an individual level how successful we have been and in our Bel Air service office uh, our service officer Mike Cantrell assisted a Korean War veteran mm. with a rating increase and once that rating increase was approved by the VA it led to him receiving over $15,000 in retroactive payment from the VA. And he is now receiving just shy of $2,000 a month in a tax-free uh, benefit that he will receive for, mm -hmm. for the duration of his life. And that's just you know, one example of many mm -hmm. um, you know, that, really, that really proves the impact that we're making not just when we say 80,000 contacts, okay. but also too how those added benefits really are changing people's lives. Very true, I mean, I love to hear those individual stories because you're right, numbers are one thing, but um, if you think about that, his family and the benefits that's providing to his family, that's wonderful that, that you guys were able to connect him to those services that he deserved all over, all throughout the years, but now is able to access uh, because he went to one of the centers. So definitely makes sense if somebody's going through the process to reach out and get that additional assistance. Um, I know obviously one of the other things we're really proud of is all of our license plates and the military license plates in particular. I don't know if everybody knows, but every time there's a new um, medal that's authorized by the U.S. government, then we work with Veterans Affairs to make sure that then becomes a plate and those who have honorably served can display that proudly. I know it is a, a source of honor, I think, for our veterans. Um, but the plates have grown over the years. I remember uh, when I first got here, we um, didn't have plates that just honored individual branches of the armed service. So we've started that process where, you know, if you just want your Navy plate or your Army plate, you can get that as well. Um, and I know one of the big initiatives was Proudly She Served. We worked on that plate, and that was really for our women who have served honorably wanting to display that. And you want to talk a little bit about that process? Absolutely. So I was brand new to the department. Uh, I started in October of 2013 and I think those plates were launched at some point during 2014 I believe and our deputy secretary at the time she had um, brought up the the fact that you know we have all of these wonderful military related plates but we also want to be able to recognize the growing number mm -hmm. of women who have served. Mm -hmm. um, they are the largest growing subpopulation of veterans in the nation. Um, we have just around 50,000 women here in the state who've served. Mm -hmm. So uh, our, our deputy secretary at the time diligently worked. And again, MVA rarely says no. <laughs> um, it was just really exciting to partner um, with the administration uh, to, to, see those, to see those plates come to fruition. And I, I love being out on the road, driving around the state and seeing the plates and um, being able to say, oh, you know, I, I was with the department when, when those plates were launched. So it's, it's really exciting. I agree. I get the same excitement when I see the plates mm -hmm. out on the road and mm -hmm. uh, never thought I'd get excited about seeing a plate, <laughs> but um, being a part of it and, and knowing that that's really impactful for Absolutely. somebody. You know, they want folks to know that they served and um, the sacrifices they made. And so just really proud to be a part of it. Um, you know, we, we redesigned fairly recently the disabled veteran plate. So again, trying to make sure, especially those who have 
um, not only sacrifice, but now have, you know, those physical disabilities that they have to deal with, um, how we can, again, make sure we honor them. And, um, and then you talked about, you know, percentage of disabled for the 100% disabled veterans, they can get that free registration. That's something the legislature approved and certainly, again, shows our gratitude for the sure. service and the sacrifice they have made. Right, and you mentioned the, the disabled veteran plate. I think it was uh, maybe three or four years ago now. I feel like the time kind of runs together after a while, but I, w I manage our Facebook page mm -hmm. and I was reading through some comments on our Facebook page one day and we had a comment on a Facebook post in regards to the, the disabled veteran plate. And it was a, a retiring colonel. Mm. He made a comment and he said, you know, I think it's great that you offer the disabled veteran plate, but can we make it more vis visually appealing? He was talking about some surrounding states and uh, how, you know, patriotic they were and they were red, white, and blue and they had stars and things. And so I, I immediately reached out to, to motor vehicles and I said, well, I got this request. Is this mm -hmm. possible that we can update, change mm -hmm. the DV plate? And I, I asked the, the, uh, the gentleman who was in, in the process of transitioning off of active duty, I said, can you send me some suggestions? Mm -hmm, I gave sure. him my email address. So he did. And I presented those ideas to the administration. And um, again, it was, how can we help? Mm -hmm. So that is what has led now to the new DV plate with the, you know, the flag being draped with the red, white, and blue and the stars and the italicized disabled veteran. And again, when I see them on the road, mm -hmm. I think, gosh, that started with one person. That's right. It's just incredible how one person can make such a monumental difference for so many. It's true. That's why I love hearing from customers because you get so many great suggestions that maybe we just didn't think about the fact that the plate wasn't you know as patriotic or as colorful as folks would like it to be and now because you know one person wrote in and contacted us uh, it's great everybody can enjoy that updated plate you talked a little bit about um, veterans transitioning and I think that is so important um, and what does that look like from an employment standpoint so you know, the federal government has authorized that CDL waiver program that I think is one way of veterans who have driven um, commercial sized vehicles while they've been in the military to transition to good paying jobs. We all know the need for CDL drivers. That's certainly been in the national media uh, for years now. And so the CDL waiver program obviously allows them to waive portion of the CDL test. So while it hasn't been a great number of people, we're certainly happy um, for any individuals that we can help get acclimated and, and back into good paying jobs. Absolutely. And you know, the the military is a, a small, you know, it's like a microcosm of the larger community. And just like in the larger community, there are drivers. Mm -hmm. And when there is an opportunity to be able to translate military skills into civilian employment, it can help alleviate for some the, the stress that comes with, oh my gosh, I've, I've served in the military for six years or 25 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to retire. What's sure. what's next for me? Yeah. And um, I I think it's a it's a great opportunity. Again, as you had mentioned, the need for drivers has been in the news. Um, so I think it's a it's a it's a, again a great opportunity. And you know any way that we can help. And I do have information on the the great. skills test waiver and landing zone Maryland. So hopefully we'll 
we'll see you know an, an uptick yeah, and transitioning great. service members reaching out to MVA to see how they can participate in that. That's great. Like you said, anything we can do to make that transition easier. I know mm -hmm. it's not a simple process. Mm -hmm. um, and so certainly any assistance we can provide. Um, another thing that we've done recently um, is the VEEP. Um, exemption for the military and this again it goes back to one individual who reached out um, and said you know my uh, my son is away he had been deployed he was out of state at a state that didn't have a vehicle missions program like we did Michelleck and I'm grateful that she contacted us and it was something where we had to modify the statute in order to be able to do this for our military members, but it only made sense because, you know, the last thing we want while you're uh, serving our country and in, in challenging uh, environments and settings is that you're thinking about something administrative, like making sure a beep test is done. And there was a process, but it was a little more cumbersome for folks. So any way we can make that easier certainly makes sense. Absolutely, and for, for an individual who's preparing to deploy, um, I would imagine that probably one of the last things on their mind is their vehicle admissions inspections right. and um, so again it's just it just makes sense it's just common sense and it's just good practice and and to and to and to listen to those individuals that are coming because all it takes is that one person mm -hmm. and and to make such a, a big impact for so many um, we are home to upwards of 30 plus thousand active duty service members, National Guard, reservists, who over the course of the last decade have deployed. Mm -hmm. um, and when they're thinking about if they have family, if they have children, having to deploy and, and leave family members and get their finances in order, right. and there's so much that's going through someone's mind mm -hmm. as they're preparing to deploy to a potentially hostile mm -hmm. environment, any way that we can make it easier for them, definitely, um, we, we should certainly try to do that. Well, I really just want to thank you for the great partnership we have with you, as well as all the members of the Maryland's Veterans Affairs Department. It's been great working with you, learning about all these unique opportunities, figuring out ways to do things better. I wonder if you want to add anything additional as we're celebrating our veterans and military members this week. Absolutely. So uh, thank you. Um, for the opportunity to be here with you and I just I want to wish all of our military service members who have raised their right hand um, to serve this incredible nation I just want to thank them for their service and also for the service of their family members because family does serve too um, today kicks off Operation Greenlight. It will officially run through the 13th. However, anyone who wants to keep that green light shining after the 13th, I encourage them to do so. Um, there are so many partners that have played a role in helping us get Operation Greenlight off of its feet here in Maryland. Uh, the, gover the governor has proclaimed this week as Operation Greenlight. Uh, there was a proclamation that was signed on Friday. We will. Uh, celebrate a second proclamation this week for Veterans Day. Um, thank you to, to Motor Vehicles, to, to the, the great work that you all do, and for shining the service center in Glen Burnie and, and MDOT for the toll booths and all of the other state agencies, counties, private businesses who are playing a role in this. Um, anything that we can do to partner with 
the federal, state, and local government and private sector organizations, we want to do that because we want to make sure that we all have a common message. And that's to ensure that we're saying thanks to our veterans for their service and uh, serving them for the, the way that they have served us. That's wonderful. I don't think I could say it any better, but I just want to add on behalf of our MDOT MBA employees, I know I speak for all of them when I say thank you to all of our veterans, all of our military members who are actively serving. So grateful for your service. We all wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. And um, if there's small things that we can do to make things more efficient, if there's ways we can honor you, um, I hope our veterans and military members always feel that welcome at, when they come into an MDOT MBA branch office. That certainly is our goal here. And we'll keep uh, listening to additional suggestions maybe that'll come going forward and making things as efficient and, and accessible as, as possible for them as well as the rest of our customers. So again, thank you so much for joining us, Dana. Um, thank you to our listeners for joining us for Conversations with Chrissy. Look forward to talking with you again soon.